Welcome everybody to the Inside View Real Estate Podcast. And today we're gonna to be talking about the 2021 market forecast. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to the Inside View Real Estate Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Josh Zuniga. I'm the other one, Carl Froyans. And we are excited to bring you this new podcast. It's something we've been working on for what? few months now? Yeah, just conservatively a few yeah, months. Absolutely, yeah. We, uh, Carl and I always like to throw around you know, quite a bit of ideas and then it's always beautiful that when it's it come right into play and here we are, right? We're just busy dudes, man. We got a lot of stuff going on. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, obviously one of the ideas that we had was we wanted to create um, a short form podcast where you can get your information and get all of your value and all of your content inside of 15 to 20 minutes, correct? Yeah, quick, fast, easy. Exactly, yes. because you're a busy guy. You're a busy guy. I'm, I'm a busy guy, yeah. and we don't have an hour to just be listening to a podcast and get These that- These are busy people. Yeah, and get that nugget at 26 minutes, right? Yep, let's get it. Exactly, all right. <clears throat> so the first topic we wanna get right into and we wanna talk about it today is the forecast for 2021. What an exciting year 2020 was, right? It was a shit show, buddy. Yeah. Probably one of the busiest years any real estate agent you know has had. I probably yeah. If you if you or you use COVID as an excuse and you didn't do any production. Tell me, uh, just you and I can go back and forth on that. What do you see, or what did you see as far as 2020? Well, we started strong, right? Absolutely, like, yeah. And that was kind of a normal market. Like if you look back at like January of 2020, mm-hmm. everyone was like 2020 is my year, and then three months later it just blew up. But in January 2020, it was generally a, a more balanced market. You know, right. like there was inventory. We had a little bit of selection. It wasn't like, you know, we were still doing multiple offers. You know, like if you had a listing, you had probably, you know, maybe three offers in a weekend, but now it's like 30 offers in a weekend. Yeah. But in that first two or three month period, pretty normal. Then March 15th, March 10th came around. That's the exact day, yeah. And life on earth changed substantially. Completely. And so literally, I don't know about you, but literally every escrow that I had blew up. I had like eight deals in escrow. Literally every single one of them canceled. And it was for yeah. like, "Quote unquote inspection." Yeah, I had uh, I had two. I had two that fell out literally the next day, and I was waiting for about ten phone calls to happen. But thankfully, only two um, actually decided to to bow out because you know of what their job security may have been. Yeah, I think you, you know, just got lucky. And, and six months in, I feel like I'm probably very very lucky. You said you had eight. I think I had eight fall out in eight one fallout. week, and yeah. like you're on suicide watch, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, after Congress kind of got their shit together and they said, wait a minute, we need to do some real strong economic stimulus to keep the train moving in the right direction, they artificially pushed rates lower and they gave confidence to the market and said, hey, look, we're going to make money very, very cheap for as long as it takes, for however long that is. And we didn't know at the time, right? Mm -hmm. And so when interest rates at the bank level, at the macroeconomic level, are zero, essentially, and you have free money, you know, the, the... cost to borrow comes down substantially in consumer credit, right? And that includes mortgages. So you could say something like, you know, as the mortgage rates came down, there was a sense of urgency that we, hey, we should probably, you know, jump in the real estate market because the real estate market is going to get hot. That caused an artificial demand that put strain and caused a really strong seller's market, right? Mm -hmm. And so what was really interesting for me is I pulled the stats for December 2020 just because I was kind of interested to see year over year, what does December 2019 look like versus 2020? And in the Phoenix metro area, we actually sold 10,000 units. It was 9,980 some odd units, right? And so that's a lot of units. It's up 20% from what it was in 2019. So yes, there's an artificially low inventory because I think demand is there, right? Absolutely. But what you're seeing is the velocity of the market is increasing, meaning that we're actually selling more units. So 
people are thinking, well, there's no inventory, houses aren't getting sold. That's not the case. So what happens is housing gets, you know, a house gets listed on Thursday, you know, people start showing it on Friday. Uh, by Saturday, they're writing offers, and by Sunday, you've got 20 offers in your inbox, right? And then it pops, goes pending status very, very quickly. So you see the actual velocity of the market is increasing substantially. It doesn't mean that the house that you're looking for isn't available. It just means you need to pull the trigger when you're ready. You see it, you got to pull the trigger. Absolutely. Yeah, so you know, people are complaining, well, there's no houses. There's no houses. There are. There's actually a lot more new listings than there were a year ago, which is shocking. So, you know, if you're complaining about not being able to find a house, set yourself up on some sort of instant search. And please don't use fucking Zillow, by the way. <laughs> Zillow is literally the worst tool really in the world. Like Zillow, trust me. And, and yeah. it's a personal vendetta against Zillow. I mean, they have a great product, and I'm not discounting the value that Zillow brings. I just, I just, I just hate them. Yeah. Um, that's just me. But, you know, Zillow's IDX feed right now, now they became a brokerage recently, right? But up until now, they relied on a different type of API or a different type of RETS feed to actually get the data from our MLS into Zillow, and then it took a while to propagate that. So mm -hmm. if you guys are looking you know, for homes, find a website that has a direct link to the IDX. Pretty soon they're gonna be using APIs, now I'm getting nerdy. But you know, you gotta find access to information instantly. Call Josh Zuniga and have him set you up <laughs> on an instant alert inside of Flex MLS. And get, you know, be the first on the scene, like be an ambulance station. So as soon as you see that thing hit the market, Josh sends out that email, bam, you're like, you're in the car and you're showing property. Well, here we go, ladies and gentlemen. This is why we have Carl as one of the hosts. He loves to geek out and he loves all the stats. And uh, we're always always happy to have him. But even just like with this, some of the uh, stats that I saw for the overall market, just with the Maricopa County, we saw a 19% appreciation rate. Yeah, not overall. sustainable. Yeah, that is insane. So I even looked it up. The national average, you know, year over year is anywhere from between four to six percent. Phoenix has done well, and they're usually anywhere from like seven to nine. But why is that? Why is that? I have a few stats. You tell me a couple of yours. Make them short. Just kind of put my two cents in there. Yeah. You see what's happening politically in states like California, Washington, mm -hmm. Oregon. Um, and California came out and said, hey, look, we're going to put, you know, basically a high uh, net worth tax on people. And what happens? All the high net worth individuals move out of California and they yep. immigrate to places like Nevada. Look at like Grand Stephan, mm -hmm. um, Meet Kevin, all those guys going to Texas, Elon Musk. Yep. You know, so there's a mass exodus from California, from Oregon, from Washington State to Phoenix. And I think that's why Phoenix particularly, because we're so business friendly uh, and tax friendly, is that we're seeing that unnatural growth, right? We're seeing an artificial uh, growth and so like other markets that we operate in like we have an office in Miami right. we're not seeing that appreciation and so I didn't mean to cut you off but yeah you know you see 19% over year over year is that sustainable I don't know and then I had a really interesting point from one of my investors who actually lives in Singapore so he's got a really you know distant view of this right and he owns properties in New York and California and Sedona and Arizona mm -hmm. and so hey look you know my uh, apartment in Manhattan is like two million dollars and then my apartment in Scottsdale, Arizona, which I'm looking at right now, by the way, across the street, you know, it's like 500 grand for the same square footage. So there's still a lot of room for growth, but understanding that 19% year over year, in my mind, and maybe I'm just a conservative person, isn't really sustainable for the long term. Maybe it is, I don't know. I mean, yeah. what, what are your thoughts? Just, just in 2020 alone, I had four clients move from Chicago here and bought several properties, you know, obviously for their investments, and now they're actually gonna be here full time you know, which is pretty exciting. So anybody coming from, you know, the Northwest or California or Chicago, feel free to come join us. You know, we're happy to have you here and service you in any way, shape or form here as well. And even, but I know you were talking about um, 
how we're going over asking price. So just there's another stat that we got from the Crawford report. Just in December alone, 33% of all transactions went over asking price. Can we qualify asking price for two seconds? Okay. And, and let me drop a little bit of knowledge on Go real estate it. agents, right? And so I've got several listings, right? And I always get offers at asking price. Asking price doesn't mean market value. What if my asking price is $1? Are you gonna offer me $1? No. No, absolutely not. No, you're gonna go out and you're <laughs> gonna run comps, and you're gonna figure out what the thing's gonna praise for, and you're gonna figure out what is worth to you as an investor or as an owner-occupied buyer, and then you're gonna make an offer based on those numbers. Asking price has very little to do with market value. Mm -hmm. And if you're a buyer in this market and you're listening to this podcast right now, I need you to understand that legitimately, asking price is a relative price. It's a target. It doesn't mean it needs to get hit every single time. It doesn't mean you need to you know, offer over asking every single time, but you need to run comps and figure out what the intrinsic value of that property is to you, and if it makes sense, then pull the trigger, right? And so every property has value, too. What if the asking price is 10 million on a $100,000 property, and what if you offer 90,000 and they take it, right? Yep. Everybody wins. It's a win-win, you, yeah. you know? And so understand, logistically, like, where you need to be in, in terms of offer price. Coming in this situation, you're saying obviously like inventory, like the inventory is there, even though there's a stat that we showed that from the conference report saying that we're down 70% as far as our supply. Yeah, but it's a misleading uh, stat. So if yeah. you're a seller, this market is looking really, really good. It's going to look really, really hot. If you're in the market to sell, I would strongly say, you know, suggest it, but obviously everybody's kind of a little weary. You know, we don't know if the world's going to fall apart with everything that's going on, especially at the Capitol, what's going on with, uh, with the presidency. We don't know exactly, but a lot of individuals I see are just staying put. And if you're on a buy side, definitely you need to come in knowing that you're gonna be in competition with a lot of other buyers. Yep. Interest rates are still historically low. So low um, as it's gonna get. Yeah, so exactly like you're saying, it's free money. You know, <clears throat> I remember just in 2019, I got an interest rate of 4.65. And you're high-fiving. Right. Yeah. And you, I was excited about that. Yep. You know what I Because mean? I remember in 2016, um, they were just giving three fives and then we're on the uptick and now we're just we're below what two eight, is it two eight Yeah, it's like two eight or you know two seven five for a 30-year fixed right now with no points and You got to understand that as interest rates go down the affordability index goes up And so what happens is an inverse relationship. So what you can do is you can afford more well, What does that do you're saying? Well, okay, you know instead of fifteen hundred for a three hundred thousand dollar house Maybe it'd be fifteen hundred for a three hundred fifty thousand dollar house yeah. That's what we're seeing is that appreciation level because artificial, you know, low interest rates are pushing that value up. Even with this, like some of the, tell us about what do you feel are some of the bigger um, pool of buyers that actually come in this market. So I know just being myself is a lot of millennials. Millennials, even like Gen Z are really, um, you know, driving this market as far as first time home buyers because now they see the ability and the affordability to actually purchase their home. They've probably been in their job maybe three, four, five years. Got decent credit. Yeah, got decent credit or they've been working on it. So now they actually know uh, they have a little bit for their down payment and they're coming into the actual marketplace, you know, to buy their first homes. Mm -hmm. Would you agree? I would 100% agree. Yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, they grew up in a time period in 2008 where they were exposed to their parents losing their house. Yeah. So they're artificially gun shy, you know, and so they're saying, well, wait a minute, I saw what happened when my parents bought the house, you know, we lost all that. And so it takes a little bit of training to get that out, you know, to get that mindset out. Yeah. So <clears throat> just a little uh, takeaway, guys, if you're looking to sell, uh, I would say that demand is definitely going to be there. Um, would you agree? 100%. Yeah. For the short term. For the now, short term. we don't term. know how this is going to look on yeah. a macroeconomic level in the next six months. And reminder that you know the real estate market is a big ship, right? It takes a little bit of time to turn. So you'll see economic indicators leading 
an economic downturn, right? Like you'll see demand start to artificially fall off, or you'll see, you know, the velocity of the market slow down before everybody starts to, you know, raise alarms. If you're a buyer, just, I would always say, you know, be ready. Um, it's definitely going to be a very competitive market, and I would say patience is probably going to be one of the biggest things in this game that you're going to want to have. I've trust me, I've walked with several clients. We go see anywhere from like ten to maybe twenty homes, depending. And we might make one offer. It might get accepted. Awesome. If it does, we keep moving on. If it gets rejected or we get um, outbeat by another individual, you just got to stay focused. Got to stay stay on the game plan. And eventually, one of those houses is going to be is going to be ours. So, seller looking to sell, definitely go for it. <clears throat> if you're looking to buy, you know, just stay uh, stay patient, stay competitive, and we're more than happy to help you on any of those fronts. But you mentioned a little bit, you know, about some key indicators about some changes in the market. We are going to talk about that on our next episode, episode two. What are some signs to look out for a 2021 potential market crash? Yes, sir. We'll I know he's excited you. about that. I'm excited. Yeah, we'll All right. So we'll see you guys next week. If you have any questions, feel free to reach out to us on any of our social profiles. We're happy to talk to you and speak with you on any point. All right, buddy. Thanks. All right, bud. Thank you. Thank you, guys.